Welcome to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal. We examine things like habits of entrepreneurs, emerging trends, financing, marketing, unique ideas, where to get help, even how to get started on your own. Want to tell the story of your small business? Send me an email at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Today's stories is your restaurant on top of the latest trend involving beef. And the rallying cry for a $15 an hour federal minimum wage. Hear what businesses say. Those stories after this. As a small business owner, you need protection for your physical and financial assets. From general and professional liability insurance to business owners and commercial auto policies, GEICO can help. Go to geicocommercial.com for your free quote and see how much you could save today. This human resources professional is crushing it, thanks to Kronos. And this is his hype song. You can fall back with the pack. I'm a leader pack. I've got HR, payroll, talent, and time. I'm on the top, top, I'm gonna rise up. Now we are engaging all the best people. Last off to the front of the field. This is Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. The House of Representatives, controlled by Democrats, has passed a bill that would more than double the federal minimum wage from $7.25 per hour to 15 bucks an hour. While the fight for 15, as it's known, has become a liberal rallying cry, even some Democrats acknowledge a minimum wage that high would hurt some businesses and probably kill some jobs. It's a story by Rick Newman, senior columnist at Yahoo Finance. Rick, what are you hearing? This comes from an interview I did with John Hickenlooper. He's the former governor of Colorado. And uh, for people who don't know the names of all 20-something uh, uh, Democrats running for president, he's one of them. Uh, he used to run a, uh, a chain of uh, brew pubs in Denver, and so he's got a history as a, uh, experience as a business owner. So I asked him, uh, you know, the House of Representatives just passed a bill that would raise the uh, national minimum wage to $15. Is that workable? He said, no, it's not workable at all. Um, so he thinks that what would make sense would be a minimum wage that is regionalized. In other words, you don't have a one-size-fits-all number. It's di- it differs by location based on living costs. I mean, everybody, I think people normally understand that. Uh, I mean, it's a lot more expensive to live in New York City than it is in Little Rock, Arkansas, so why should they have the same minimum wage? Uh, and he thinks that uh, a more realistic number could be between 8 and $10, um, and then you might phase it up over time to get to 15, depending on where you are. But, uh, I mean, the record is pretty clear on this, and economists will tell you that if the cost of labor goes up, then businesses are going to hire fewer people, and we've actually seen that in instances such as in the Seattle area when the minimum wage went up. I mean, uh, it does, you know, there are fewer jobs at that level because it just costs more. So if businesses... Uh, you know, they don't do exactly what you'd want them to do, which is just pay everybody more. They make decisions and say, well, maybe we're going to hire fewer people. So you have to take that into account. Right. All right. So the possibility of this passing in Congress, first of all, is zero. Is, is zero right? I mean, at this point, given the current makeup. Yes, that's, I think that's right. So the House of Representatives passed this uh, bill that would raise the minimum wage to $15, but I, there seems to be no chance the Senate, which is controlled by uh, Republicans, is going to pass it. For Democrats, um, I mean, the reason they're passing this, even though they know that it, it's not going to become law, is they're staking out turf. They want to be the party that stands for a $15 minimum wage. And most of the Democrats running for president, not all, there are some exceptions, but most of them 
uh, do say, yeah, we should have a $15 minimum wage. I think it's a lot easier to say that when you know it's not likely to happen. <laughs> because if we were to go to $15 overnight, um, uh, for sure you would see you would see uh, a slowdown in hiring. Uh, and, you know, the argument is that, um, you know, kids, teenagers, you know, getting their first job, uh, they, they, they might have a harder time finding a job and just getting into the workforce, um, other things like that. The Congressional Budget Office has studied this and said if we did raise the minimum wage to $15, uh, you would see the, a lot of people would earn more money, but it would cost uh, it would cost uh, almost two million jobs. So you have some people earning more money, but uh, some other people earning no money because they couldn't get hired. That's the problem. The government really has hurt itself here, to a certain extent, right? I mean, I don't necessarily agree with the idea of government mandating what a wage should be. However, yeah. since they've done it but ignored it for, well, I don't know, what ten years or more, yeah, I guess. I, right. I you know. If you're going to do it, at least maybe you ought to consider cost-of-living adjustments in yeah, a year or two, right? That, that's the way to solve the problem. So you're right. Uh, the way this has worked is uh, this has never – the minimum wage, the federal minimum wage, has never been indexed to inflation. So for it to go up, Congress has to vote every time it goes up, you know, in order to push it up. And I think it has not gone up in at least 10 years. So the way to solve this problem, uh, there is a, actually a straightforward way to solve this problem. The Congressional Budget Office just did, did, did this study that estimated the effects of uh, raising the wage to different levels. And if you were to raise it to something like 11 or $12, you get much less disruption. There, there's a number you could select where it would help people earn a little bit more money without actually costing many jobs or perhaps any jobs whatsoever. It wouldn't be 15 It would be lower than 15 but if you've sort of found that sweet spot and you settle on that number, let's say it was even 10, and then you index it to inflation so it goes up every year either by the same amount as inflation or you could index it to wage increases. It would go up by the same amount as wage increases. You would have, uh, you would have a federal uh, minimum wage that always um, went up with inflation so Congress would never have to vote on it again. And you would also have predictability. Thanks, Rick. Yahoo Finance columnist Rick Newman, who's based in New York. More after this. Make an ordinary summer day into a great one. Right now, ButcherBox is offering juicy, flavorful, grill-ready, 100% grass-fed beef burgers, which is perfect for any summer cookout. ButcherBox burgers are ready-to-go third-of-a-pound patties that you can toss on the grill for an easy weeknight meal or create a show-stopping Wipe your face on your sleeve bacon cheeseburger for a neighborhood barbecue. Right now, new members will get six burgers for free in every box until October 15th. Listen, this is summer's best offer. For $20 off your first box and six burgers for free in every box all summer long until October 15th, go to butcherbox.com Gordon or enter promo code Gordon. Again, for $20 off your first box and six burgers for free in every box all summer long until October 15th, go to butcherbox.com Gordon or enter promo code Gordon. Steakhouses looking for the next big thing are hoping to lure diners with a new hook, old beef. Traditionally, U.S. restaurants have served meat from cattle that are no older than two years, but more U.S. restaurants are putting old beef on the menu. Wall Street Journal contributor Alina Dizik says for high-end steakhouses, an older beef offering can help cultivate a trendy image and bring in more revenue. Alina, what have you found? 
I found that a lot of uh, high-end steakhouses are turning to serve more mature cows, so cows that are around 6 to 12 years old versus the 2-year-old cows that they typically serve for steak. And why is this? Why did this trend come about? Some of the people really say that older cows make for better-tasting steak and more flavorful meat that tastes beefier in a way. So they're, they're really enthusiastic about having this offering. But, I mean, we've been able to experiment with old meat for a really long time, right? So why is it trendy now? Somebody somebody say something on TV? Yeah, so we, we've definitely been able to experiment with old meat, uh, but people are taking a cue from the Basque Country region in Spain, which uh, offers a dish called vaca vieja, which is old cow. And people are really excited about it here, especially some of the Spanish-style steakhouses. Wow. So if you are in one of these higher-end steakhouses, do you ask for it specifically? Like, hey, I, I want your old meat, or I want the, the young steak, or is it shown that way on a menu? How do you find it? Most of the restaurants that I've talked to actually say on the menu that it's an older cow being served, and some of them are just used, offering it as specials because the supply for these is not completely regular for some of these chefs. So they offer it on a per-special basis. I see. I know there was one guy who said, I, I think he was initially skeptical because <laughs> he thought it might taste like beef jerky. Yeah, there, there are definitely some skeptical diners, and they a lot of them end up eating it actually side-by-side side with some of the younger steak, and they, they really love it. They think it, it tastes a little bit, you know, a little bit meatier in a way, and but it is it does tend to be tougher than... Uh, you know, your your regular high-end steak. Hmm. We're speaking with Alina Dizik, contributor to the Wall Street Journal. She's written a piece entitled The New Trend in Steak, Old Beef. So explain maybe what some of the more specific restaurants are doing here in the U.S. with this, how they're presenting it or selling it or marketing it. So there's a restaurant called Tris in the Woodlands in Texas, and they actually serve it side-by-side side with a two-year-old steak that's been aged and one that hasn't been aged. And that allows, it's kind of like a sampler platter that allows the diner to see the difference. Another one, Corita in Boulder, allows people to actually meet the piece of meat before eating it and before it's cooked <laughs> to kind of see the difference. So that's, that's also been a hit uh, with some of the diners there. And so when you see it, is there a noticeable, visible difference in how the meat looks? So some, some of the chefs say that, yes, when you see it, the meat looks darker and more red than uh, a typical two-year-old cow that's been slaughtered. Thanks, Alina. It's Wall Street Journal contributor Alina Dizik. Michigan is one of the best places in the country to do business, but you don't have to take our word for it. Take Evan Lyles, CEO of Roush Enterprises, instead. For the people that are involved in product development, there couldn't be more unique and exciting opportunities that are really going to shape the future of the, of the world. It's a really exciting time to be in Michigan. Big things are happening in business here. Find out why by searching Michigan Pure Opportunity. Reminder, by the way, the Small Business Report is found on our website this morning with gordondeal.com. That's also where you can catch our daily news program called This Morning, America's First News. Again, if you'd like to share your small business story, send me an email at gdeal at compassmedianetworks.com. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Report. I'm Gordon Deal.